Welcome everybody to another episode of the Japanaholic Podcast, a podcast surrounded by topics about Japan discussed by one certified Japanaholic. I am your host, Taylor Fry, and today I'm going to be going alone for this week, so I hope you enjoyed the last four episodes with Brody and Alex. Those two will possibly be back on in the near future, especially Brody, uh, because we got a trip to Japan coming up here, not in June, I'll discuss more about that later in the in the episode because sadly that's been postponed because everything's been postponed thanks to the COVID-19 virus or the COVID-19 COPD-19 virus coronavirus uh, whatever you want to call it I don't freaking know <laughs> today on this episode of the Japanaholic podcast I've gotten three cultural differences that from Japan and the United States that I want to discuss now these three are more on the typical business side of the Japanese spectrum. If you plan on moving to Japan to work for a Japanese company, especially if it's a typical Japanese company, yes, there are differences between a Japanese company and a typical Japanese company. A typical Japanese company has, I want to say, two out of these three <laughs> that I'm going to be listing off here shortly soon. And another Jap and some Japanese companies, they don't have, they don't usually use two out of the three of these. They usually cater towards more foreigner kind of ish kind of employees. I could be wrong and correct me if I am wrong. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast episode because it is going to be a little different. I'm usually more of a guy who would spitball like anime facts or anime topics, especially in the past few weeks where I've only discussed about animes and some Japanese, Japanese culture ish kind of things. Remember that this podcast is about Japan and anime is a part of Japan, but the bigger picture about the Jap the Japanaholic podcast is the fact that we're going to be talking about Japan and some major topics all around the the country of Japan. If that makes sense. Okay. So, before I get into the uh, the first fact here, I want to let you guys know that, yes, there are many differences in cultures if you're talking about, like, France, Italy, Britain, Germany, Sweden, China, India... Just to name off several of many different countries that have different cultures. But today I'm just going to focus mainly on Japan versus United States of America. Why? Two reasons. One, the main reason is because I live in America still. Okay? I, I still live in America. Okay? I have not lived in Britain. I have not visited Germany. I've not visited anywhere other than America and Canada. Uh, as of right now. So, yeah, there's that. The second reason is because this country kind of gets compared a lot in, with different cultures. So, there's there's that. Let's go ahead and let's get this underway, shall we? So, the first one I want to talk about today is the fact that Japan is more of a collectivist culture. Whereas the United States is more of an individual. Mm. We like to do things more on our own, I guess, is what I'll say. There's a specific term for it. But I can't say it because English. But to be more specific, Japanese cult the Japanese culture places importance on groups and communication and communications and in communities. Excuse me. Satisfaction and pride are meant to be found within the group you belong to. However, in the United States, people tend to find satisfaction in their own accomplishments, and people tend to focus on their own aspirations. And if you know anything about Japan, you'll find this an example in the Japanese business culture. 
where in Japan, employees tend to work for one company for their entire lives. Whereas in the United States, people will sometimes jump from company to company, depending on the person, I guess. You know, because you want to find that one sweet company that'll pay good and have good co-workers. But in Japan, once you find that one company, you have to stick with that one company through its pros and its cons for your entire life, I guess. Now, that is all. That is a big pro in the Japanese culture, and then that is also a big con in the Japanese business culture. So, you can take that as you want. If you don't want, if you're more of a person who likes to work by themselves, then this is kind of a con that you would have to see in Japan. That you would see a lot, especially because if you're wanting to work in Japan, you're probably going to have to become one of those kinds of guys that has to rely on a bunch of teammates, rely on a bunch of coworkers. And if you're a person, I guess I guess I'm like this way, who tends to work better on their own, it's not gonna be quite the experience. However, if you're fine with working with other people, fine with working with coworkers and other stuff, kind of what, you know, the collectivist culture is in Japan, then you could possibly work the kinks out. And I can see this as a pro, you know, as somebody who likes to work by themselves, you know, I have this podcast by myself with a few special guests every once in a while. I can totally work out the kinks in the in the collectivist culture in Japan, I guess. Because um, here in America... There tends there tends to be people who do work at who do work better in the collectivist culturist kind of thing. People would rather work with a bunch of people rather than working by themselves, and I can totally understand that. But there's also, you know, the other the other side of the aspect is people here in America like to work by themselves. They like to freelance. They like to you know not work for one specific company for the rest of their lives. And then you got people who just, you know, kind of like uh, independent artists or independent workers who just actually enjoy working all by themselves and not have to worry about, you know, specific deadlines set by their peers or that sort of stuff. Uh, personally, for me, I fit in that kind of category because it's like with a podcast, you know, since I'm the one producing it, I'm the one editing it, I don't excuse me, I don't have to worry about deadlines, I don't have to worry about anything, as long as I get the episode up by Wednesday at 10.30 in the morning, Eastern Time, I call it a successful day, you know, I work out the kinks in the audios, I'm like, I'm not much of an audio guy myself, I just try and make sure the audio sounds good, so it doesn't, so, you know, when you listen to this on a, on a speaker or on headphones or whatever, it's, you know, not noisy, like, <laughs> like in my my first two, no, my first three episodes when it was called Drive Time Discussion Time when I was in a car, okay, I didn't, looking back, that was probably a terrible idea to do that, so. Looking back, I really didn't think that that was a good idea to do that. I thought that was pretty cool at first, but no, not anymore. But, um, but could I see myself working with, like, a producer, working with, with, with uh, you know, a special guest in the future and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, of course. You know, I'm kind of like that kind of person who, you know, while I am in the more, you know, individualish kind of area, I like to work by myself. I can work with other people in the very in the very near future. You know, once I get more and more comfortable with that sort of thing. So, I think I'll I think I'll wrap that up 
uh, I think I'll wrap up that first topic with that. It's that if you live in the United States, you'll tend to find people who love to work by themselves, but you'll also find those people who love to work in a in a in a collectivist culture-ish kind of thing. Japan is completely full of collectivist cultures people. You know, people who, because if you live in Japan, you gotta be, you gotta work with everybody else. You gotta work with other people. And it kind of ties in with the second one that I want to talk about. Uh, this one's also in the, the business part of Japan. Okay, if you were, because like I said, these three that I'm going to be talking about here, they're not like the basic society changes, okay? That everybody on YouTube and on, you know, and even other podcasts will talk about. These three are like the more, uh, advanced. I want to say advanced because it's like these three you would think of off the top of your head at first. But these, but these three is like I said, if you're planning on moving to Japan, I would recommend having these three in the back of your mind, okay? So the second one is if you do plan on working in a collectivist culture business in Japan, which there's, I'll say this before I actually get to the second point, there are Japanese businesses that have that collectivist culture, but there's also Japanese businesses where they work with the foreigners, they work with, you know, uh, they're, they're not the Japanese, the, the typical Japanese business. There's some that will work with you to help with your hours, so you're not you know, becoming one of those overpaid salary men that is so popular in the culture. And in the Japanese, the the typical Japanese businesses, you will find that social hierarchy is important in Japan. And that's the second thing that I'm going to be talking about. The junior-senior relationship is very important in Japan. An employee who is younger and probably hasn't worked at a company as long as his older co-worker will be a junior to the senior. More experienced, uh, excuse me, more experienced employee, it is the same for students, especially at school clubs. So if any of you, I, I'm pretty sure anybody who listens to this podcast has probably seen those slice of life animes like K-On, uh, and uh, just like <laughs> any high school slice of life in general, where, you know, once the, the first years become second years, you'll realize that the, the first years look up to the second years and, you know, uh, the second years look up to the third and the fourth years and they call them like senpais and stuff like that. Well, that's how it, that's how it always is in Japan. That that's a sign of social hierarchy and that's everywhere in Japan. If you are, you know, in a company for a year, the new employees will look up to you and see that if they ever need help, they'll come to you and that sort of stuff. That could, that, of course, it could be seen in a good thing and a bad thing. It it could be seen as a good thing because it means that it's easier to ask people for help. Because if you're brand new to a company and you have no idea what you're doing, if you and you know, usually the people who have more experience will help you out. But it's also a bad thing because that also means that people with less experience in the company tend to not have much of a saying in the company as much as, you know, a third or fourth or somebody who has three or four years of experience in the Jap in that Japanese business. So for example, if you think that's if if you've been in the Japanese business, if you've been in the Japanese company, excuse me, for about a year or two, about a year and a half, two years, okay, and you know, you try you try and kinda 
discuss what is wrong with somebody who's had like 15 years of experience, they're probably not going to agree because they've been in the business for 15 years. They know what's going on. Okay. And to some extent, social hierarchy here in the, in the States doesn't really happen at all. Really? Now there are people who, uh, there are people who would probably look down at the people who just started or something like, like what I just said, where it's like, if somebody has 15 years of experience, they're probably not going to take too much out of the person who's only had like less than a year or two of experience. But that doesn't mean that they'll take it. They won't like completely ignore it. Like in Japan, in Japan, if you like, if you're, you know, trying to tell your senpai or whatever, something different about the company, more than likely, they're just going to flat out ignore it. But in America, they'll kind of consider a change or two here every once in a while. But I kind of think with this whole like social hierarchy thing in Japan, it it helps the business, but it also hurts businesses because you know if you're if you're in the Japanese businesses, you're going to be working with everybody. So of course, everybody's opinions going to like mix in with everybody else. So it's kind of a pro with the social hierarchy, but. It just depends on if you're a fan of, you know, if you're a fan of the social hierarchy. Personally, for me, since I'm not a businessman myself, I don't know much about the social hierarchy in Japan just quite yet. That's just, you know, my take. But... In theory, the upperclassman serves as a mentor for the underclassmen, and it's the junior's duty to help out and support the senior members of the group. That's basically what the social hierarchy is in Japan, is if you have 15 years of experience, it is your job, in theory, to help out the, the new employees, try to get them, you know, get the seeds planted for them. So, in America, these don't exist. These don't exist at all, okay? In a way, it does because, you know, if you're brand new to the job, somebody's going to have to help you out because, so well, sometimes. There are some companies that absolutely don't give a damn. But in Japan, it is, you know, you got you got to help them out in some way, okay? It's, it's your job as a senpai to help out the, the underclassmen or whatever. So, like I said, if you've seen Slice of Life animes, like with high school, or even there's some business-ish slice, uh, slice of Life animes out there somewhere, I, they'll they'll show off these this social hierarchy to a huge extent with all the the senpais and stuff like that. Especially Kaon, if you watch Kaon, because of the fact that uh, you know the first years become second years, and then they get the the new member. Uh, early on in the series. So, and, you know, you gotta, the the upper-class men have to teach the underclassmen how things work. So, like I said before, it just all depends on your stance on the social hierarchy if you want to move to Japan to deal with that or if you rather not. Now, this... Like I said, this episode's going to probably be a little short. Or at least possibly less than half an hour long. But I could be wrong. I don't know. By the time I'm editing this, I'll probably be less than 20 minutes, to be honest. I hope not. 
I don't really like short. I don't like short podcast episodes, but um, this one here, this last one here that I'll talk about, I'm pretty sure everybody knows about this, uh, in general. So this one's probably the most common out of the three that I'm talking about today, and that is that people in America tend to be more direct and blunt, whereas Japanese people are more. They're the complete opposite. I'll say that. <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, the thing about moving to Japan is that you, when you move to Japan, you have to, the biggest thing you'll be learning is you'll be learning how to read the air, sort of say. Because Japanese people try not to be so direct or blunt, because in a way they see that as rude. Um, this can be seen in body language, too, of course. People in the United States are taught to look directly in someone's eyes when speaking or listening to show that they are actively participating in the conversation. In Japan, extended eye tug, excuse me, extended eye contact can be uncomfortable between people who aren't close, and eyes are often averted. Japanese people also tend to be more reserved than Americans. And they share less personal or sensitive information, even with close friends. This is why drinking parties are such a big thing in Japan. Okay, when drinking parties happen in the business, uh, in the business side of Japan, everybody goes to them for the most part. Okay, unless you're not so much of a drinker. When these drinking parties happen, this is where nine times out of ten Japanese workers will. Open up. This is where Japanese people will actually start, like, showing their more revealing side, I guess. Sharing off their personal feelings. That's completely normal in the Japanese world. That's completely normal. Here in America, we say everything just completely, like, we spitball it, okay? If we don't like somebody, you know, we're, we're not afraid to hide it, Okay? We'll we'll share it out to the world if we hate somebody. We'll share it out to the world if we like somebody. We'll be extremely direct. Japanese people, not so much, because they consider it to be rude, I guess. I think that... I, I'm trying to figure out the the, re the exact reason why, but as somebody who really doesn't have much, you know, Japanese experience, because I don't live in Japan, uh, I'm, I'm guessing it's just because... Said most people want to keep a low profile in Japan. That's what I'm assuming. I could be wrong, but most people just if you know if they just want to live their daily lives as an average salaryman or something like that. Now there are people in Japan that you know are direct. There are Japanese people that don't like the whole you know uh that don't like the whole concept of keeping silent or whatever, but. Since they're so little, those people often get shunned out. Okay? People who tend to speak their minds often end up getting shunned out. They often just, they become like one of those weird guys. Okay? They often get sent to a corner or whatever where no one's allowed to, to talk to them or whatever because they'll, they're, they'll be too direct and they're too rude or whatever. You see these all the time if you look up like certain YouTube videos about Japan, Japanese culture and Japanese people in general, where people are like, 
you know, if you speak your mind, you are not going to be seen as a as a good person because you're going against the culture. If, and in a way, it's kind of like, uh, in a way, this is kind of like how Americans are. But in reality, it kind of feels like it's a complete opposite. If you're too quiet, you become shunned out because you're too quiet and you're too reserved and you're, you know, not going to be a fun person to talk to because, you know, you're too shunned. You, you, you need to open up more. But in Japan, you kind of get friends by doing that in a way. It's like, it's, it's completely, it's weird. Um, and, and I, I saw a video on YouTube just a few days ago about the, the Hiki Komoris in Japan, the shut-ins. Uh, I, I watched a video about that a couple days ago and it's way more, uh, of a thing in Japan. That's why they're called Hiki Komoris, uh, in Japan. They're way more over there than over here in America because it's like people really don't like being blunt in Japan. Because if you are blunt in Japan, you're going to be shut out. You're going to be, you know, you're not going to be involved in many groups and stuff like that. There are several cases where that is not the case, but like 80% of the time that is the case in Japan. Whereas here in America, like I said before... You could spitball anything, and if people agree, then, you know, you get a little group together, and the next thing you know, you get more friends by spitballing opinions that are popular, of course. And then there's also people who spitball unpopular opinions that also get popular. Those happen. Those happen. And in a way, I guess that's kind of why... I guess that's kind of why, like, the Japanese people are, are seen as, like, silent people because they don't want to be blunt. They don't want to be direct because they think that they'll be rude. Or it is rude, I guess, in the Japanese culture. And, you know, if you're a foreigner moving to Japan or going to Japan, you got to read the room. You got to learn how to read the, the read the air, read between the lines, as they say. Because somebody will say, you know, that your Japanese is good. The best way that I put this. Somebody can say your Japanese pronunciation's good. But in reality, it's probably the shittiest fucking pronunciation ever. It's probably just as bad as mine. I'll be quite honest. Uh. When visiting or moving to Japan, the one thing a, every foreigner should learn how, what to do is read the air. If somebody... If you think that something is not right, nine times out of ten, it's probably it's it's probably the case. That's probably not correct. <laughs> something must be going all wrong, I guess. I don't know. But in my personal, from my personal experience with like you know reading a bunch of Japanese articles and reading a bunch of uh bunch of cultureish things about Japan. Why about the That's why I'm known as a certified Japanaholic. And any foreigner that moves to Japan, they've always had issues with reading the air. They've always had issues with, you know, people not being too direct. Especially in like the the most simplest of cases, they just want a simple answer, but they can't get that simplest of answers. Okay, I think there's several cases where people 
where the uh the the Gaijins or the the foreigners will be all you know asking just a simple question like does this look good on me you know a simple question such as does this dress look good on me do, should I get this suit you know would this make my boss happy for the interview Japanese people just will not give the bl like a very blunt answer not yet at least now I say not yet because these three that could be considered major cons in, J in Japan are slowly, I want to say slowly, maybe like very slowly, like snail speed slowly, not becoming much of a thing anymore, especially the social hierarchy, because the social hierarchy is mainly a thing in typical Japanese businesses, but in other Japanese businesses where they cater towards more of the foreigners that come to Japan to work, they'll get rid of the social hierarchy, they'll get rid of the, the whole... Though there's sometimes where Japanese people will be more blunt with the, with the foreigners because of course they're foreigners they're more used to people being blunt, especially if they're Americans of course because like I said before, Americans are blunt. Americans will say whatever they want, whatever they want, and they will not have any second second thoughts about it. If it comes into their mind, they'll spit it out. That that's the thing about Americans. That that is definitely a con about America is that sometimes things could be said that need to be left unsaid. And Japanese don't, Japanese don't second think anything. They, they quadruple check everything. It's like, all right, I think I'm going to say this. Should I say this? I don't know if I should say this. Should I say this? Whereas here in America, it's like, I'm thinking I should say this. I'm just going to say it. Not give it a second thought. Just speak it. Okay. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. Put it on Snapchat. Put it on you know, anything else. <laughs> but sometimes it's better not to say it. Oh my god. It's it it's better not to say some things. And in a way that makes the Japanese culture better because the reason why Japanese people are seen to be seen to be the, the nicest people on earth, I'm not saying they're not, because they 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 are a lot more friendlier than the Americans and British people. It's no offense to any Americans or British people listening. Unless you agree with me. <laughs> but the reason why Japanese people are seen as the friendly creatures, the friendliest creatures on earth, is because of this, the the topic of the fact that they're not direct, they're not blunt. Well, most of them aren't. Okay? They, they're not going to, they're not going to uh, spew out anything without a second thought. Okay? They'll spitball anything they want to say as long as they A, think about it, and B, trust you, okay? Because even, they don't want to tell their personal friends, their closest friends in the entire world, almost their families, about their, uh, about, like, sensitive issues or whatever. Because, in a way, okay, if you look up, like, the mental health issues in Japan, or if you look up the emotional issues in Japan... Okay, look up videos and look up articles about this. You'll see where it's like, if anybody says anything about personal issues in Japan, th instead of people helping them, they're like, I hate to use this keyword again because I've used it like 10 times already in this freaking episode, but shut down. You know, they. that's why hikikomoris are so popular in Japan is because... If they have if they have like sensitive or personal issues, they can't say anything because it just creates more of that same issue, you know. Um, 
Now, correct me. Now, the thing is, is correct me if I'm wrong on any of this information or if, you know, you have different experiences. Tell me about it because I'm willing to take any feedback. I'm willing to take any criticism, especially if I'm wrong. Especially if, you know, there's some information where I could be wrong about this information. I've seen, now, I don't want to brag, but I've seen way too many, like, good things about Japan and so many bad things about Japan that, you know, I could almost talk about everything that I want to talk about in, in quite in depth, any subject, I guess, but there's some subjects, of course, I can't get in depth on if it's too, like, Japanese-ish, Japanese okay, because, like I said before, I still live in the States, so I don't necessarily have much Japanese experience yet. But, um, but to go back on the, the whole, the, the main topics that I talked about today with the hierarchy, the, uh, the Japanese people be more subtle and the fact that the Japanese is more of a collectivist culture. Okay. These three are like, they can be taken as pros for many people, or you could take, or you could take them as cons. Okay. Personally, for me, it's a mixed bag, okay? The collectivist culture, I can see as a pro for me because I, I work I, I work okay by myself, but I also work okay with other people. The social hierarchy for me, eh, I see it as a con for, like, anybody who works in a typical Japanese business because sometimes your opinion just flat out doesn't matter. Okay, if you are an underclassman, your opinions sometimes just don't matter. And sometimes your ideas will just get thrown out of the books in a snap of a finger. But that's also, it could also be a pro in some, some cases. I want to bold that word up real quick. Some. Okay. And the Japanese being more subtle compared to the Americans is, to me, a con, but also a pro. A con because... Sometimes I want a direct answer, especially if it's, like, a, a simple question, okay? If I ask, like, you know, a simple question, I don't want a subtle answer. I don't want, you know, something that makes me want to go through, like, my romantic teen comedy snafu-style-ish kind of, like, read-between-the-lines kind of thing, where I have to, like, deeply think about, deeply think about that answer. It's like, okay... I asked if this dress was good on me, but she didn't give me a clear answer. I gotta think. I gotta think. That's. I, I don't want. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Come on now. Come on now. Just give me. If I ask a simple question, and if I seem like I'll be offended if you say no, just, just say no anyway. I'm not gonna be offended. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. Because I'm an American. I'm used to people being direct and blunt. I'm used to people giving me the straightest answer, even if it is the sharpest, most deep-cutting answer they can give me. That'll hurt even the, the strongest of person. I don't care. Just freaking... Just give me an answer. But I see it as a pro as well, because I understand why people in, J in the Japanese culture are subtle. Not a lot of people like to speak their minds. I, I can see it both ways. They don't want to cause trouble and that's fine. Because here in America, since we're direct and blunt, there's a lot of trouble that comes from that. 
I'm not going to admit. I'm not going to lie. That that does happen. That does happen. But in Japanese, in a way, that's kind of why there's not a lot of issues. Is because people are not as direct or they're subtle. Okay, there are, of course, some Japanese people that are direct, and there are Japanese people that are blood, but at the same time, it, I can see why the Jap I can see why the Japanese people are like the way they are. And of course, there's hundreds of different cultural differences between Jap the Japanese culture and the Western culture, and I could go over many of them later in a different episode. But I just wanted to go over these three that I found to be more. This is like more the the business kind of side ish of the of the the Japanese culture. So if you plan on moving to Japan and working for a Japanese company, yeah, you do want to you do want to know about these three, of course, because if you don't, you're not really you're really gonna have uh, some issues. Okay, so especially if you do plan on working at a typical Japanese business. There are some episodes that I have planned for the future. Uh, I did run a little, uh, like I guess a, a thing where I asked people over on my Twitter at the Japanaholic one. Go and follow that if you haven't already. I asked people on Twitter to give me some overrated animes that I should talk about, and I got some pretty good ones to talk about. Overrated animes are, oh, they're everywhere. All right. And I don't know if that'll be the next episode. Maybe the episode after the next episode. I'm trying to think as to what was going on. I had a few more episodes planned, especially with Brody. We were... I was going to make an episode where we went to the mall. And we walked around Barnes & Nobles. We walked around the mall. And we just like looked around at a bunch of Japanese stores that were in that mall. But not only is half the audio missing from that trip... Which sucks, because there was a lot of good stuff about that trip. But the audio itself kind of sounded terrible. And especially the Barnes & Nobles, it was very quiet. And I don't like that, because not only does that give me the ASMR feel of the podcast that I never want to have, because... Uh, let's face it, I hate ASMR. My voice crack. Did you hear that voice crack? I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that voice crack. <clears throat> but I also... Eh, eh. Well, actually, after the Barnes & Nobles, it got extremely loud. There was a lot of background noise, so I couldn't do that. And then we were going to do a, a review on the Made in Abyss movie, Dawn of the Deep Soul, that was planned on coming out later this month. Or actually, it did come out now, by the time this gets uploaded. But, but you know, COVID-19, hmm, canceling everything since 2020, including this trip to Japan. Now, the plan for the trip to Japan is possibly now going to be in either August or September, maybe July at the very earliest. We're not going to take it in June. Because, well, we may, but the, like June is a 10% chance. July is like a 80%. Well, July is like a 60% chance. August and September is more than the 80-90% chance of happening. Okay, so when we take that trip, you'll know. We'll get, we'll give you more information on that. I do have like other topics that I want to discuss here too, but if any of you also want to request any topics for me to talk about, please go ahead and just let me know anywhere. Let me know on Twitter, at the Japanaholic1. Let me know on the YouTube side of things, on the YouTube channel, Taylor the Japanaholic. Just let me know anywhere. 
and I'll discuss basically any topic you want me to talk about, whether it be anime, whether it be Japan in general, or games, because, you know, one of my most favorite podcast episodes was where me and Brody discussed gaming stories and gaming nostalgia while his two dogs were almost barking every other sentence that we were trying to spit out. Go check out that episode if you haven't, because that was that was a fun episode, even though it is possibly the longest episode of the podcast. So, thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Japan Hauler Podcast. If you did enjoy, and if you are new, click the follow button on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Check out the Twitter page, at the Japan Holic One. Follow the YouTube channel if you haven't all yet already. Taylor the Japan Holic. If you are listening to this on the YouTube side of things, click that like button. Please hit that subscribe button with the bell turned on for any notifications, whether it be my Beat Saber videos, whether that be my NASCAR Thunder 2004 videos, whether that be literally any other videos decided that I decide to upload. And I will see you guys next Wednesday on the Japan Excuse me. See you guys next Wednesday on the Japanaholic Podcast. My name is Taylor, the certified Japanaholic, signing off. Good night.